Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. Accelerating your fandom, this is Flash TV Talk. Welcome to Flash TV Talk, the fan podcast dedicated to news, reviews, and more for the Hit CW show, The Flash. I'm Bo, and just like Bell last week, I'm running solo. Maybe I am on a different timeline. Maybe he's on a different timeline. Maybe we've been separated on two different Earths. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. It's Flash TV Talk of two Earths, or... Maybe we're just in like a really crazy season of a lot of travel and work and everything. So like he is out this week. I was out last week and maybe next week we'll be back together. I hope. I don't know. We'll, we'll find out. But y'all, we've got a great episode to talk about here. So let's go ahead and jump into it. Let's jump into The Rundown. The Rundown. Episode five of season nine, The Mask of the Red Death, part two. Directed by Rachel Talatali and story by Jonathan Butler. Here's what happened this episode. The rogues attacked CCPD and captured Kramer. While rescuing Mark, Barry is attacked by Red Death, who drains him of his speed to create psychic extensions of herself around the world, with some help from Gorilla Grodd. Gion learns that she can still help Team Flash without powers by waking up Mark with a kiss. After talking with Joe, Barry goes to Grodd, who joined Red Death only because he felt abandoned after finding the gorillas of Gorilla City had lost their sentience and were scattered following the crisis. After Barry agrees to help Grodd restore his community, Grodd helps to restore his speed, and they dispel Red Death's doubles. With the help of Hartley's group and the main timeline's Ryan, Barry defeats Red Death and hands her over to Argus custody, thus keeping Ryan's identity safe. Two weeks later, Joe moves to the countryside with Jenna while Cecile stays on Team Flash. At his farewell party, Chester and Allegra continue their relationship and Keon announces that Iris is pregnant, which technically wasn't supposed to happen for another three months. Dun, dun, dun. See, this is why you don't mess with the timeline, kids, okay? Because, yeah, all right, so I've mentioned this actually on this podcast before ironically but time travel to me is always like a cool concept until you become a parent right because once you become a parent anything you mess around with the timeline could like like the statistics and everything else and just the likelihood that you're going to get the exact same kids is just it's gone it just doesn't exist there's too much at play here so this is what ends up happening so nora i'm guessing gone bart i'm guessing gone or we get a different nora and bart i I don't know this is uh, biology is strange but let's talk about some of the major things going on here gorilla grod returns um you know it was so interesting watching this episode and thinking back to the first introduction of gorilla grod on this series you know when we first see him he's just like just a like a chill gorilla who's being you know held by eobard thon like there was such amazing concepts like there, there was such a playground for the imagination and for speculation in the early days and as this series moved on and kind of went on and i want to say grew but really just kind of morphed I think is appropriate because it's kind of become, I mean, dare I say, I mean, it's essentially, look, it's the Power Rangers. It's like DC Comics version of the Power Rangers. And it's, it's kind of weird 
that that has occurred, but it but it definitely has. I feel like Grodd as a character has been ping ponged around so many times with what his motivations are. Is he good? Is he bad? Is he you know is he doing Gorilla City on Earth too? Is he here now? What, what what exactly are we dealing with? And they always kind of tease out something cool, and then they end up kind of pivoting, and it just never really goes anywhere. I do like the fact that we did get kind of a full circle, you know, bringing Grodd back into the equation here at the tail end. He's such a major Flash villain that I mean it's basically a requirement at this point. But because this is probably the last appearance of Grodd, you can't help but like look at the parallels of when he was first introduced and what all that meant and where we find him right here now at the tail end. But as we see throughout this episode, there's a lot of flashbacks. We, we know that, you know, one of the things that cur the current showrunners do is they mine what came before to tap into the current storylines. Now, there's a lot of good that can come from that, but also it has this downside, which is that a lot of times the stories get super convoluted. And I'm wondering if there's like a pie chart of like what percentage of each episode is flashbacks to previous episodes or previous seasons, like how much that like slice of pie is getting larger and larger by each episode. Again, it's a double edged sword. It's nice that there's like homage and they're not forgetting what came before. But on the other hand, I think it does speak to just how convoluted the storytelling has become on the series. Pamela Isley, a.k.a. Keown. You know, I, it's funny because I was just reminded of this recently, but when the actress was on Sky High, her character kind of had this exact same type of superpower where it was kind of connected with life. Now, I think she actually had literally more of like a Poison Ivy type power set there, but it's kind of cool how I guess they're tapping into some of that as perhaps even the intentional reference. She gives Chill Blaine the, uh, the kiss of life, bringing him back into life. And, you know, I, I got to just make mention of stuff. There's a lot of, you know, problematic things going on, honestly, holistically in this storyline. Uh, but, but one thing that I feel like I, I need to just at least address and call out is like the Keon of it all. They keep on talking about how she's only a few days or a few weeks old. And over here, she's macking on Chillblain. So like, you know, there's this sense of like, oh, you, you don't know anything and you're innocent and you're kind of like mentally immature. But then at the same time, she has kind of this tense sexual tension that's going on between her and Chillblain that like, which one is it, guys? Like, we, we kind of need to pick a lane here because it, it gets really, really messy very, very quickly. It does seem with this episode, we are kind of bringing the whole kind of rogue war storyline or kind of these team of two, you know, a tale of two rogue teams uh, is coming to a close. Throughout it, I have to admit, Goldface kind of grew on me. He, I, you know, I go, I'm on record as saying he's not necessarily my favorite rogue, but I don't know. I kind of liked him in this capacity, which was kind of fun. When Harley was being nice to Keon, it kind of messed with me a little bit. That's completely out of character for him, but you know, whatever, it's fine. And then Jocko Blocko is just Jocko Blocko and he's here and he's gone and uh, goodbye, my dude. Their little uh, joking line at the end of like, what can you say? It's a Wednesday. You know, I, the level of camp and just kind of, you know, fourth wall breakingness that that is. Yeah, sure. You know what? Fine. <laughs> it's one of those situations where did we earn this? I don't know, but we certainly created a scenario where this makes total sense. So fine. But overall, as we kind of come to the Red Death of it, uh, I liked the idea of using kind of Red Death and the capacity to institute this basically, I don't know, police state across the planet. It's kind of a cool concept. It fits with an extreme version of a Batman take. Now, whether or not it makes sense specifically for the character that we get in Ryan, I don't know. I'm not as familiar with her as a character, but I get that they're tapping into a lot of just Batman-esque things with her. You know, we got last week a bunch of references to even the the first Batman movie. You know, they want to get nuts. That was great. That was uh, there was a lot that they were playing around with that I thought was really cool. And even in this, we got the first, I believe, on screen team up in the present of 
The Flash, and Batwoman, or at least this Batwoman. So it was kind of good to see. I also thought that she had really good chemistry with Iris, which is really nice to see. Perhaps a massive missed opportunity that we didn't really kind of go to this well more often. But, you know, it is what it is. And at the very least, we got this kind of cool, fun Batwoman Flash mashup in the Mask of the Red Death and how it all kind of plays out here in the final season. So Joe's going away. All right. Wow. Okay. This, the whole Joe's going away thing, I have a lot of mixed emotions about. On the one hand, I actually think it's really nice that we give a moment and perhaps even an episode to send off Joe West as a character that deserves his own send off, right? Not to just be part of kind of the group, you know, going away at the end of the series, but to like have like a, a definitive like handoff moment. I loved the Jomans, right? I loved the scene where Barry and Joe were talking together. These two actors have such amazing chemistry together. And it's part of what made us all fall in love with the show early on. And as things have changed, as they've kind of taken the characters in different directions, I feel like these two got split up way more often than they really needed to. And this was like the ultimate beautiful conclusion to that relationship where Barry gets to kind of like, you know, kind of it goes full circle, right? Barry's kind of been able to give some advice to Joe and helping him kind of take a moment and see who he has been. He has been the father of heroes, not just of, of Barry and Wally, but like all of these different heroes that have come through Team Flash and have looked to Joe West as kind of this symbolic kind of paternal figure that is just a hero in his own right. I thought that was fantastic. And even this, this idea of like, okay, how do we get, you know, how do we get to a place where Joe steps away, but we don't necessarily lose uh, Cecile and the explanation they gave. Sure. I mean, like, you know, I, you know, I guess central city police department must've had some sort of golden parachute that he was able to ride on to get a whole second uh, home out in the countryside and everything. Good, good for him. But I think actually when you're like surrounded by all of these meta problems and you're trying to raise a kid, I mean, it makes a little sense, right? You want to kind of bring him out, to some place, you know, the, the super villains aren't going out to the countryside and, and attacking it. Well, I guess unless it's Smallville, but let's let's just assume that it's not Smallville. <laughs> so Jenna's going to be fine, which is great because we just got a chance to see her for the first time last week and forever. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? It's like, oh, Jenna does exist. They didn't forget about her kind of maybe. I don't know. But, you know, it's 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 great. Thank, thanks for showing up, Jenna. Thanks for coming downstairs for two episodes. We really appreciate you coming and hope you have a great Great rest of your childhood out in the countryside. But no, I do I do think it was a great send-off to Joe West. Honestly, I think they could have justified doing this exact same kind of way to give Joe an exit earlier in the series. They probably should have with the way everything kind of worked out. But one of the things we've seen throughout the history of this show is they keep on adding to the cast, <coughs> chill Blaine, apparently, and just don't like getting rid of characters. And to I think the detriment of the storytelling and the character building as a whole. So you know, whatever. But here's to you, Papa Joe. We raised some of Grandma Esther's eggnog uh, in your honor, sir. You have done well. Thank you for being the father of the Flash and a father figure that many of us can look up to and aspire to. And, and portraying that uh, here, Jesse L. Martin, uh, you've done a, a, a classic, classic job here. Thank you. All right. So a lot of kind of mixed feelings and emotions about this episode overall. And honestly, this this perhaps this plot line as a whole, I'm very eager to see where things are going. I mean, I you know, it's, it's kind of hard to remain spoiler free, especially when you see some of the images coming out. But suffice to say, I am tentatively excited for the back half of this little mini season, given where things may or may not go. We're going to have a two episode interlude coming up next. Right. So we got two episodes coming up in this interlude before the big finale 
uh, plot line, which is next week we got the good, the bad, and the lucky, as well as wildest dreams. So excited to see where that goes and really excited to see how this is all going to bring us home. Y'all, we'd love to hear your thoughts. Head over to twitter.com slash tvtalkfm. That's twitter.com slash tvtalkfm to send us your thoughts there. Use the hashtag flash TV talk. Follow bell at ring that bell. And if you want... Okay, I got on Instagram. All right, I'm on Instagram now. You can follow me at incognitbo. That's incognitbo. Bo is spelled B-E-A-U, incognitbo. You can find me there, and uh, or don't, because I'm incognitbo. <laughs> All right, that's going to do it for us for today, but don't worry. We'll be back in a flash. Ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org.